Well, welcome everyone to the Resilient Leadership Podcast, where everything we talk about is aimed at helping you lead with a greater sense of calm, clarity, and conviction, even in anxious times. My name is Irvin, and today, as always, I'm joined by my co-host and collaborator, Bridget Tyre. Bridget, how are you doing today? Irvin, I am doing great. Uh, let's see. Why am I doing great? Well, it's been a picture-perfect spring day, so that always helps. And also, I had a really special treat. I spent all day Sunday and Sunday night with my five-year-old grandson. We had a sleepover at um, Bibi's house. That's what he calls me, Bibi. And it was delightful, Aww. full of just lovely moments of connection. You know, oh. so it's great. Well, it doesn't get better than that. It does not get better than that. Every once in a while, he would call out, like if he'd be in the other room or something, he'd say, "Hey, Bibi," and I say, "Hey, what?" And he goes, "I love you." <laughs> so, anyways, that it. was just a lovely uh, experience. So, thanks for asking. And how about yeah. you? Uh, tell me how you're doing because I didn't even ask you that before we hit the record button. How are you? I am doing well. I, I think I, in previous episodes, I told people I had broken my wrist, which I have, but I am in the midst of PT at the moment and making progress. And so it is uh, slow. However, there were things like holding a, I, I start the day off with a very large mug of tea and that was very painful to hold. And I just uh, was holding it yesterday and I realized, oh, I don't have any pain. So that is progress when you can hold a cup of tea without pain. So awesome. I, I'm counting that. That will get me started well every day. Yay. I'm happy to hear that. Well, so why don't you get us started by telling our listeners a little bit more about this interesting topic, which you've titled Don't Count the Minutes. Yeah. So today's episode is just that. Don't count the minutes. We're going to invite you, perhaps, to change your focus on the way you think about how you shove enough stuff into your life every day, we're going to invite you that instead of counting the minutes and scheduling everything out by the minutes, that perhaps what we need to do is to assess our energy level and top that up. Now, I realize that uh, there's not a day goes by, at least for me, I'm not sure about you, Bridget, but a client is talking about just the incessant pressure they feel to squeeze more into their day. And, you know, I remember in the good old days of the beginning of the pandemic, when people were invited to work from home, or at least most people were, there was a sense of, yes, freedom. I, I, I'll be able to organize my day a little bit better. I'd be empowered to manage my time. Yeah. And yet, no sooner did that happen than people said, oh, my God, I think it's worse than ever. It's hour after hour after hour meeting. There's no gaps. And, you know, there's a, a recent survey I came upon which say that 68% of leaders and managers report feeling overwhelmed at work on a weekly basis, the sense of overwhelm. Mm. Now, time management industry is a huge industry, and there are many courses, and we're not trying to knock those courses. I think there are many wonderful techniques that people can use to remain focused yeah. and to get some time out of the day. I can remember my first Franklin Covey Journal, oh, yes. um, you know, back in the good old days when I was trying to arrange my time and, and get it uh, right down to the to the perfection where I could, you know, squeeze a little more out of the week or the day, etc. But the reality is today's episode is maybe let's just um, uh, stop counting the time mm -hmm. and let's look at that. 
Mm-hmm. So Bridget, how about you? Do you have memories of different time management seminars and mm-hmm. time management techniques? Well, it's so funny you mentioned Franklin Covey because the other day my husband was cleaning out a closet that had, oh my gosh, so many file cabinets in it of stuff going back decades. And one of the things he found was an old Franklin Covey journal of mine, (laughs) a time management journal. Oh, what a blast from the past that was, right? And I must say that like, as I held it in my hand, there was something lovely about holding Mm. something in my hand, you know, which we don't do so much anymore. But sure, I mean, I've been on that same journey a, a lot of my professional life trying to figure out how to squeeze more in because we all know we can't get more time. So it's just a matter of can I just find the magical way to squeeze yeah. somehow more into this 24 hour period that I have? And it's a, it's a daunting task for sure. And I think, Absolutely. you know, to your point about COVID, it's like at first, yes, it created space. And then what did we do? We filled that space with back-to-back mm-hmm. Zoom calls, literally yeah. back-to-back, yeah. which is so energy depleting. Yes. So I think this topic is really timely. You know, how do we shift our mind away from how do I squeeze more in to how do I manage my energy better um, mm-hmm. is certainly relevant. So, so let's start where we often do and you know, dig in a little bit to the neuroscience behind this, Irvin, what would you like to share on that? Yeah, well, you know, a lot of this thinking today we're going to talk about was really developed by a wonderful, it's in a wonderful book called The Powerful Engagement uh, by Jim Lohr and Tony Schwartz. And they are sports scientists. They really develop these techniques in the world of professional sports. And in the world of professional sports, of course, it's all about having high performance. And how do you get high performance? Well, you know, in the world of work, we have to have high performance for 40 or 50 years at times. And so these techniques, I think, are very relevant. And you just mentioned, you know, the problem with time is that time is a fixed quantity. And there's only so much of it. And we can't expand time. It is what it is. But energy is not. Energy is not fixed. Mm. And the amount of, you know, energy we have at each and any moment of the day, you know, really depends on a number of different conditions or things that we're going through. And so, you know, this focus on energy there, I think, is a very human-centric view of the world. And so the, the goal of this is to be more alert, to have better performance. And so it's not about time, but it's about the quality of the energy that we can give. Now, There has been extensive research in the world of sports. One of the areas that I really love, they talk about oscillation. Mm. And what oscillation is about is this rhythmic movement that we have between energy expenditure and energy recovery. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever, you know, work with an athlete, this is all part of their lives. Now, my sister actually was the goalie for field hockey for Ireland. She played, she was an elite athlete and she played Mm -hmm. in the world championships, Olympics, et cetera. And I can remember growing up, you know, the, the passion, the dedication, but, you know, I can remember talking about, you know, her weight routine, you know, it was like, oh yes, on Monday it's arms and on Tuesday it's legs and (laughs) it's Wednesdays are back. And, and, uh, and I said, well, why, why not just do it all at once? She goes, and she kind of looked at me and said, don't be stupid. You can't do that. And I said, why? She said, well, you know, and she later became actually a a sports scientist herself and, and a massage therapist. She said, you know, because part of going to the gym is breaking down the muscle. Yeah. 
And when you break down the muscle, you have to give it some time to rest so that it comes back stronger. So it's this idea of oscillation that we do break ourselves down in stressful situations, but that's not the problem. The problem is, do we have time to recuperate? Mm -hmm. Um, Bridget, does that resonate with you? Oh, totally. Completely. I mean, the notion of the absence of recovery is something that I feel like so many of my clients uh, are challenged by. They get to this place and it's never, of course, intentional. It's not like we plan it out, but they get to this place where there's so many things in their day that it's like, like they're playing basketball, but they never get off the court. They don't even get a timeout let yeah, alone ever yeah. get off the court to do anything else. Yeah. And so how do we as human beings and as a society in this crazy world that we live in, how do we find space for recovery? And as human beings, we have domains, right? We're not just, we're not robots, so we have to have physical recovery. We have to have emotional mm-hmm. recovery, mental recovery and spiritual because that's what makes up human beings. And yet, and I can say I've done this to myself. Sometimes I drive myself like I'm a car. You know, not I, I don't honor myself some of the times as the full human being. And so I too can get into places where I'm not getting enough recovery in one or more of those domains. And that's what I think what happens with people that I coach is usually of those four areas. There's one that's hurting really bad. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Irvin? That's been your experience? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. You know, it's so often that we can demonize stress and say, oh, it's the big, you know, stress is the problem. It's the problem. And really what's interesting about oscillation is that, you know, hey, life is hard and there are more difficult days and days that we will expand more energy. And that's fine. That's part of the variety of life and in work. And in fact, a workspace without stress or anxiety we've already mentioned this without anxiety so it's probably boring yeah. i think people people think oh it would be wonderful just to kick back and put up our feet and sip a pina colada <laughs> all day but we get pretty boring after a while and so therefore i, I love these this idea of the four domains yeah. and then perhaps creating activities around those and really being being really thoughtful around how do we both expand that energy and recuperate mm-hmm. yeah indeed and it's you know, it takes a little time to kind of figure this out. You got to step back. You got to take your foot off the pedal, so to speak, right? Mm. To kind yeah. of figure out so what to just, do. Uh, yeah. So let's jump into them. Let's jump into um, our physical capacity. What might we say about that? Well, you know, we want to get down to brass tacks. We have to talk about food and exercise. Because <laughs> mm. if we don't eat, we don't stay alive. <laughs> Uh, and yeah. how many people, and I'm inviting listeners to think about, if you could raise your hand right now as you're listening, how many of you routinely skip lunch or eat lunch, you know, while you're just working? Like there's no pausing for eating. You, you grab yeah. what you can on the run, so to speak. I bet we'd, we'd see a lot of raised hands if we could see them. Yeah. And, you know, we have to nourish our bodies and we have to know what works for us. And that oscillation Mm. thing that you mentioned, you know, eating enough so that we're not continually hungry, but not so much that we're so full that we get lethargic. So there's that whole balance Mm. thing there. And also just mindfully eating. 
Like, do we ever even taste the food that we're eating? You know, because that's part of nourishment. And then exercise, critical, obviously, for managing stress. What works for one doesn't necessarily work for the other. But one of the things that I, an observation I started making, oh gosh, after about a decade of coaching, uh, senior level people, CEOs, business owners, and you know what I noticed? The successful clients that I coached, all of them, without exception, had figured out a way to put exercise in their week. It didn't matter what else they were balancing. They could have had 10 children and, you know, a job that was crazy and, you know, volunteering at their church. But you know what they did? They ran it off at the gym. And if we want to be effective leaders, there's, there's no other way around it. We have to have some kind of exercise that helps manage our, our energy and our stress. Right. So those, those are two things that came to my mind right away, but those aren't the only aspects of the physical energy domain. What else comes to your mind, Irvin? You know, two that come to mind as well. Well, one is our old friend and we've said it many times before in many episodes, that's the breath. Mm. But, you know, I do quite a bit of work with people around presentation skills, speaking. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that happens there, you know, when people, so for some people, of course, that's a very anxious activity. And what you notice specifically there is where the breath is coming from. And it's a very shallow breath, you know, and I feel at times that there are people who who, that's their daily uh, routine, you know, the anxiety, the stress of life, their their breathing is, is shallow and they're not gaining any of the benefits that we know come from a deep diaphragmatic breathing. So that ability to, to breathe and, and just, its ability to calm us, its ability to help us recuperate, just the wonders of breath is important. Mm -hmm. And then the final thing is sleep. Yeah, I mean, we live in a country, and and there are many countries, where we are chronic undersleepers. Yeah. And I think the last survey I pulled around was like one in three adults do not get the regular amount of uninterrupted sleep. Mm -hmm. And to think that we can go through life and that not impacting us, yeah, it's fallacy because it impacts all the others. If we don't have enough sleep, it impacts our mental capacity, our emotional capacity, all the different capacities depend on that as well. So, you know, forming good sleep habits are, are tremendously important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want our listeners to, to, as they're tuning in, to start feeling like, I don't know what, like faulty or guilty or, oh, I don't get enough sleep or I never get to the gym Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever the case, but rather to just use this as an opportunity to do a little Mm self-audit. At the end of the day, we can't lead from a depleted place. We really can't because the body never lies. And so perhaps for some of our listeners, it's the physical energy that is what is craving or calling for their attention, right? Maybe it is in the sleep area. Maybe it is how they nourish themselves. Maybe it's about the breath. You know, you mentioned breathing. Mm. And, you know, there are some incredibly simple practices that we can do that can make a huge difference. I'm thinking of, you know, one of the practices that we have mentioned a lot on this podcast is six-second centering. Mm-hmm. Takes six seconds. Yep. You've mentioned box breathing. Yeah. 
which I find really helpful. I think that, you know, the idea, I have a client who has her phone beeper every 90 minutes. And when she hears that, she gets up and moves, even if it's literally just for 10 or 15 seconds, but she gets out of her chair. And you know, the only reason she started doing that is because her doctor told her that if she didn't start doing that, she could lose her life, basically. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So these, these small rituals that involve movement, that involve breath, that involve nourishing ourselves, they don't have to be like, oh, my God, how am I going to get to the gym four days a week? No, 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 no. You know, it's about starting somewhere if the physical domain of energy is what's calling to mm-hmm. you. And if you wake up tired or midway mm-hmm. through the day, you find yourself dragging, this is mm-hmm. the place to consider yeah. yeah, absolutely. Hey, Irvin, what is one ritual that you have found particularly helpful for yourself around taking care of your own physical energy? Does something stand out in particular? So there's a little practice that I've now found. I like to read at night. It, it helps me drift. And I like, and now I read novels. I used to read like, like books on emotional intelligence. Like that. It was just too, I need a, I need a good novel. But I noticed the difference between reading it on an iPad mm-hmm. and reading it on a Kindle with the light. So, so it, it got me very sensitive to light patterns at night mm. and the brightness of light. And so I've been very sensitive to that. And so what I do is I have um, kind of a, a Kindle low light. And I felt that that really helps me get to sleep a lot quicker mm-hmm. than my mind, which used to be very active. Yeah. So you turn the light on your Kindle down really low. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I do that too. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's the physical domain. And I mean, we could do an entire podcast episode just on that, right? But let's talk about emotional energy and and how do we take care of that side of ourselves? Well, we have have talked about about emotions in other episodes and there are different types of emotions. One of the things that is a real warning that, that, that I'm very strong about is not to categorize emotions as negative or positive, Mm -hmm. but rather as conveyors of information. Mm -hmm. But the reality is there are certain emotions which take a lot out of us. Um, They deplete some of our energy, things like fear or frustration, um, sometimes anger, sadness. Mm. Um, They can drain our energy and to realize. So the, the problem is that not to demonize these emotions, but just to recognize, whoa, these are emotions that I'm sitting in at the moment for a good reason. Yeah. But I just have to realize that they are depleters of energy and I will need some time to recuperate. Mm-hmm. Whereas there are other emotions, listening to your weekend and uh, the, just the joy in your voice of playing with your grandchild. And I could just feel the energy being lifted. So, you know, kind of when we experience joy and happiness, et cetera, these are, these are uh, emotions which actually help us recuperate. Yes. And so therefore, just to be aware, I think part of the emotion is to be aware what emotion we're in. And then just to what's the message of that emotion? And then how much energy is this emotion taking? Is it depleting? Or is it actually giving me energy? And if it's depleting, then can I think of some activities that might help me recuperate from that energy expenditure? Mm, that's really good. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking of a couple of things that my clients do around, around the notion of emotional energy. 
And one of them is exercising compassion. That Mm. is an emotion that is, uh, the science is clear about it. It's deeply energizing to us to extend compassion. But one of the most interesting conversations I will have from time to time with clients is what would it take for them to be more compassionate towards themselves? I coach a lot of people that are extremely hard on themselves. Mm. That's why they're so successful. (laughs) They're a slave driver of Mm -hmm. themselves, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And at some point, that drains us, right? That becomes incredibly depleting. And so the practice of extending compassion towards oneself, and what would that even look like? And, and, you know, what would that sound like for somebody? Could be a way to nurture themselves emotionally. I think, you know, anything that helps us to be more present with our fellow human beings so that we can have a meaningful connection. And that's a tricky one because we can be present physically on a Zoom call, but not be present. Or, you know, we can be in a conversation and not be present. One of the most beautiful little rituals that I read about in a book called Positive Intelligence, I know you're familiar with that, right, Irvin? Yeah. By Mm -hmm. Shirzad Shamin. He talks Mm -hmm. about brain fitness exercises, and, and I talk about them as mental fitness exercises. But one of them is the next time you hug somebody, See if just for 10 seconds, you can be very present to them Mm. in that moment, even maybe feeling their heartbeat or their breath, or you look into their eyes and you notice them for a moment. These are all simple things that I think we forget in our day-to-day harried lives, but sometimes just being present and connected and compassionate towards ourselves and others gives us that that lift that we so crave and we are so hardwired to need. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So let's move on then to their third area, which is mental energy. So what comes to mind, Bridget, when you think about both the depletion of mental energy and then also recharging our mental energy? Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. So One of the questions I got in the habit of asking my clients for a while is, when and where do you do your best thinking? Mm -hmm. And Irvin, what do you think was one of the most common responses to that question? What would be a guess? So I would say either in the car, I would say, or or doing an activity like like exercising or something. Yeah, anytime that they were like, mowing the lawn, showering, commuting, and their mind could just drift, Mm. there would be the space for something new to happen. So I think that if we're going to have the kind of focus, and that's what we're part of what we're talking about with mental energy, isn't it? It's an ability to bring bring our best thinking and our focused attention to what matters most. If there is no reflective space in your day, you're not going to be able to do that because the brain's too crowded. It doesn't, it doesn't have any space for any thoughts to even be witnessed by you, you know? So I think to our listeners, I would say, when and where do you do your best thinking Mm -hmm. and how could you create more of those moments in your day, in your Mm -hmm. week? Yeah. I think what also comes to mind is how do you start your day? Because how you start Mm -hmm. your day is how your day often will go. 
And so is there a ritual for beginning the day on a proactive note that brings focus so often? And I'm guilty of this. And Irvin, I'm guessing you are too. Starting my day by what? Looking at email. Yeah. My inbox. And yeah. Or watching the bastion of positivity, the news. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I used to work out in front of the morning news. And I stopped doing that because I was like, oh gosh, this is not good. What is your ritual for the way you begin your day? And does it give you energy and set you up for good mental focus and clarity? Or does it set you back and it's just the beginning of the day? That's one of the things I think is really, really important I don't know. What else? Or anything else on the mental? I will say this about mental energy. You know, we both, I'm sure, have clients who are tackling some very complex issues. Mm -hmm. And the answers to these issues are not, they're not easy. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I often find or often suggest to people, really, this is kind of part of what you've been saying, you know, is if you want to do some different type of creative thinking, or maybe breakthrough thinking, one of the things that can be really helpful is to get away from where you're doing most of your work, the desk, and just go to a different space. So if you're in the office, try and go to a different room, a conference room. If you're at home, go to a different room, even go outside. But but use that change of space as well, to, because it really connotes to the brain, I'm in a different space here, I'm doing something different. And it's amazing how when I've suggested that to clients, that many of them have found that super helpful just to really begin a new pattern of thinking mm-hmm. and, and also maybe have some incredible breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the idea of just going outside. I've had a few clients just start a simple practice that five minutes a day, they're going to go outside on their back patio and they might mm-hmm. not do anything other than sit out there and watch their dog, you know, chase after a stick or something. And they always say to me, gosh, it's amazing that after five minutes of sitting outside, how much better I feel. Again, we are human beings. We're not machines. Yes. The good news is little things can make a big difference if we want to stop counting the minutes and start really fueling ourselves with moments that are truly and meaningfully energizing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I so agree. now this brings us to the fourth category or domain of ourselves as human beings, and that's, you know, spiritual. And so I'm curious, Urban, what your thoughts are about what do we mean by saying that there's this spiritual yeah, It's domain? such a touchy subject. It's like, you know, you're talking about, you yeah. know, do I go to church and pray and everything? And really, you know, what we're really talking about here is congruency between what we do, our everyday work, and those values which give us meaning and purpose. And is there congruency Mm -hmm. here? Because if there is no congruency, then it is going to deplete our energy. And, you know, the muscles we're talking about here are character, our passion, our integrity, our commitment. And so if we are doing work that really matters to Mm -hmm. us, and we're doing work that really gives us positive energy that aligns with uh, our deepest values, then it gives us energy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't deplete mm-hmm. ourselves. And so therefore, to kind of really think about that. Now, for some people I know, that's like, oh, I never really thought about that before. And how do I tap into that? And I said, just say, you know, think back the last couple of months at work. 
if there was one thing that just you loved doing and and time just took another dimension you know this whole thing of flow it was just i was in the zone mm-hmm. I, I i just felt what i was doing was important and then just kind of deconstruct that what was happening there what values uh, were you tapping into what skill sets etc because that can give us a little clue as well into you know what really does what we really hold is important and then another i think more global question and a question at times that I ask my clients in coaching is, you know, what do you want to be remembered for? Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about how you show up to work and what you do at work, how do you want to be remembered? And that is a powerful, powerful question mm-hmm. because it gets people really like, what, what is important? Yeah. Is it important that I got the Excel spreadsheet done in time? Well, in one sense it is, but it's really not deeply important. Maybe it is that I had lasting connections with people or I was a compassionate person. I remember I was talking with a client a number of years ago who was really struggling with workaholism really in the workplace and felt that that he had to abide by that uh, culture. And he had um, two kids who were beginning to play sports, et cetera, and he wanted to be present uh, for the kids. And so he just felt misaligned. And, and it was so interesting. You could hear it in his voice. Yeah. The energy was just drooping. And, you know, he made a decision that I'm going to get my work done, but I'm going to, I'm not going to feed into the culture and I'm going to take time off and spend it with my kids. Yeah. Uh, when they have a game wow. or something. And he did. Game changer. And game changer for himself. And then also giving permission for other people to do the same thing as well. Oh yeah. Um, so, so that, that question then becomes really important. Have you, have you seen that as well, Bridget? Oh, totally. Because at the end of the day, when we say our spiritual side, what we're talking about is a sense of meaning, right? And, mm-hmm. and what is it that we truly care about? And we can become disconnected from what we care about. We all can. Um, I love that question that you pose to clients. I pose a similar thing and I'll say, imagine you're 85 years old. You're still mentally sharp. You're sitting in a rocking chair on a patio in decent health. And you are looking back on your life. And as you do, you have a deep sense of satisfaction and you declare, oh, this, this was a well-lived life. Mm-hmm. And to declare that, what would you need to have seen take place mm-hmm. over those mm-hmm. last 40, 30, you know, 50, whatever years from the time that I'm asking them this? And sometimes that gets to the heart of it as well. Um, I think that our busy, frenetic, constantly on uh, screens and so forth. It doesn't just disconnect us from people. It disconnects us from ourselves Mm. and from what we hold as truly worth cherishing. Um, Yeah. yeah. So I totally agree with that. Yeah. So Irvin, Mm. I'm guessing you have a practice you might want to share with our listeners. Do you? I do actually, because I think it's feeding back into something you mentioned earlier. So the core of today's issue was not to give people guilt trips about what they're not doing, but really was more of an audit. And hopefully now you're thinking, hmm, you know, I think I'm pretty good physically, but you know what? I've never really thought about 
emotions. Maybe I need to do something there or spirit or whatever. Maybe there's one area or two areas. And then, of course, the big thing comes, well, I don't have any time. I mean, where am I going to fit that in? So I want to challenge you all. Everyone has at least one minute during the day to do something. And so what I want you to consider is some what I call one-minute energy uh, refreshers. So I want you to think about these four domains. And if you had one minute, what is something you could do that would help you recharge your energy? Mm. So say, for example, in the physical domain, maybe it's, if I had one minute, what I would do is I would stretch. I would get up and I would stretch. I would have a little routine for a minute and I would stretch and look for any tension in my body. And that's a perfect one. Breathing, et cetera, lots of different things. Um, how about mental? Um, I have a, a friend uh, who works in the ICU in England and uh, his favorite place is to go up a mountain and walk. Well, he can't do that in work. So what he does, he's got a candle and he and it's a, a fur scented candle mm. and he smells the trees mm. and he thinks about walking and being and he said it's such a mental break i just detach from what's happening around me and i'm able to re-engage after a minute um or emotional you know part of the emotions is just to to really recognize so maybe one thing there would be um just to allow ourselves um, maybe a positive emotion. So I have a friend who has a playlist of different com- comedy um, acts or, or YouTube, uh, little funny videos, and he'll watch a funny video and laugh. Mm-hmm. And it, it brings some positive, you know, uh, reinforcement. And then finally, spiritual. Um, one of the great uh, things that we know is gratitude. So maybe just take a minute and just write down what's one thing you are thankful for today. Um, and you can do that in a minute. Mm-hmm. So these are uh, hopefully what I'd like to suggest is that everyone will have kind of a list of yeah. things. Um, it's your own smorgasbord. Yeah. And when you find you have a minute, okay, I've got a minute. I can actually do something to recuperate. I love that because a minute is doable, right? And I, yeah. I can see this now and I'm going to actually do it. I'm going to get a piece of paper and I'm going to put it in, you know, four quadrants and I'm going to label them physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. And I'm going to say, what are some one minute things I can do in each of these things that I know work for me? And then I'm just going to have that, you know, handy, right? Throughout the day, I can glance down at it. What we don't want to do is wait until we're really fried and then we look at it. You know what I mean? I mean, that would be good. (laughs) But the idea here is to manage our energy on a more regular basis so that recovery is happening every day. See, that's how we began, right? Is stress is not the issue in and of itself. It's that there's an absence of recovery for so many of us. And you've just shared a beautiful and simple practice that can build in moments of recovery throughout the day. And what a difference that can make for us. I love it. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing that, Irvin. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a really great conversation. It has reminded me of things that I know, things that I teach, things that I coach people around, but which I sometimes forget for myself. Oh, right? absolutely. And I was never good at counting the minutes anyways. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, getting back to sort of paying attention to my energy and Mm-hmm. That is something that we all can have a great deal of influence over. Mm-hmm. So this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you, Irvin. As always. My pleasure. 
I do have one question for you before we say goodbye to our listeners. And I'm just so curious. Mm -hmm. So you're 85. You're sitting in that Mm -hmm. rocking chair. You say, Mm -hmm. man, this was such a well-lived life. And you're looking at your life and you see a couple things that cause you to say that with great joy. What are they? I think it all revolves around the time I spent nurturing important relationships. Mm -hmm. That for me, those are the core of life and giving. And I would think back at the the many people's lives that I've hoped that I've touched. Mm -hmm. I gave a little bit of an idea that's helped them make it through the week or through the day. And I would also cherish the moments that people reached out to me in compassion And um, for me, that's the core of life. Mm, That's lovely. Thank you for sharing that. We're going to have a a topic next time that is, I think, kind of interesting. And it has to do with influence versus authority. So that's what's on tap for next time. Like, where does your real power reside as a leader? Mm. Is it in your authority? Is it in your capacity to influence? Is it both? Um, I'm looking forward to that. And Irvin, as always, thank you for the stimulating conversation and the chance for me to, as I said, reflect and do that practice, which I'm all over. I'm doing it this afternoon. Well, wonderful. Likewise, Bridget, thank you for a wonderful conversation. I hope our listeners as well. Please come up with your own list as well. Remember, everyone has at least one minute in the day that they can recuperate and use some of these little exercises and rituals. So wishing you all a wonderful week. And we look forward when you join us for our next episode. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye.